Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to From the Press Box, the Holland Sentinel Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. Um, sports editor Dan Diodana alongside Bo Troutman, our assistant sports editor. Hello. And a lot of big things happened this week. A lot of big things to talk about. We'll get to some of the action on the court and stuff like that in a minute. But we got to start with Kobe. I mean, yeah. like this is um, this was such a stunning event. Uh, just, just not even nationwide, internationally, uh, he and his daughter were two of the passengers that died in a helicopter crash on Sunday. And it, like, we haven't had too many things, gr- uh, you know, grind sports news to a halt. Um, and and it, because it goes beyond that. I mean, 9-11 did that, you know, and there's moments like that. It's one of the weirdest, strangest, most unexpected, like, sports deaths we've ever had he's Mm -hmm. just had retired he's you know not just but you know just enough you know he's still young he's still a obviously a huge figure in sports um but it's just one of those tragedies you just you just kind of wake up and you see the news and you're like wait what that wait what like it just doesn't make any sense on so many levels and there's things i mean this it honestly reminds me a lot of when Vladimir Konstantinov from the Red Wings was paralyzed in the um, limo. I couldn't think of the word limo for a second there. All right, the limo accident a couple nights after they won the, their, their first Stanley Cup. Um, and the trainer died. And uh, Konstantinov was paralyzed, almost died. Uh, driver shouldn't have been driving. I'm not saying that all the circumstances are the same that in that instance the driver was ended up having traces of pot in his system and had a suspended license and shouldn't have even been driving for the company in the first place which Yikes. they should have known and uh the red wings and the families won some huge lawsuits on there obviously that's pretty easy um this helicopter pilot was according to all reports a great helicopter pilot mm-hmm. seems like it was just a a case of you know, maybe trying to do too much or, ju- you know, there was the fog and police helicopters weren't going up and everything like that. Just an odd circumstance that just, you know, shows just how big risks can be, you know, in air travel, especially, but in any situation like that. So, I mean, what are your what were your first impressions? Well, yeah, I mean, I've been scouring the Internet ever since it happened, just trying to figure out, you know, what the heck happened, man. Um, you know, like, yeah, every day I wake up and like, you know, I'll just be like, just zoning out and like it's like you just think about it you know kobe he's gone and it's like it's not right man it's kobe bryant you know it's like um you know it's just it's messed up but um you know I, you know i've been doing a lot of research a lot of reading on it um you can listen to it's kind of eerie but it's the 
the pilot's communication with air traffic control is already on YouTube now. Um, and I listened to that, and then there was another video posted of one of the witnesses to the crash was a guy who has a career in aviation. Um, and it, from his point of view, uh, the guy, the witness, you know, he said he didn't hear any mechanical issues, judging from the sound of the helicopter. And then if you watch the air traffic control thing, um, it looks like, you know, he says he the pilot states that he has visibility good enough to keep going. But, you know, if, if you just look at the circumstances, clearly he did not. And so, you know, I obviously don't want to speculate. I'm not any kind of investigator. I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. But just from those two things, it really looks like, yeah, it was just visibility. He got disoriented, maybe thought he knew where he was, but he didn't. Um, then right. it came out, I think, either today or yesterday that uh, the helicopter wasn't fitted with a black box or um, the terrain monitoring system that lets you know, like like ground warning and stuff. Um, so, yeah, to me, it, it really sounds like it was a visibility thing. And that's, you know, to have something so, like, avoidable, you know. Oh, yeah, that's the, the worst that's, part about it. And to uh, me, the worst, I mean, the worst part isn't, now, don't get me wrong, losing Kobe Losing anyone is a tragedy. Losing his 13-year-old daughter and other 13-year-old kids yeah. on her team that were on that plane, that's way worse yeah. uh, in my book. And that it just, it's just it's just awful. Um, my biggest takeaway, though, has been, like, I watched Kobe his entire career. I've been alive enough to see his entire career. I was a, a kid in the middle of collecting baseball and basketball cards when he first, you know, when he came out of high school and we were trying to figure out how good this kid was. Was he really that good and whatever like else. I knew he was great. He was one of the all-time greats in the NBA. But, like, I didn't really have the proper perspective for his impact on the country and the world. Because I feel like if this happened, this, if this happened to Tim Duncan, don't get me wrong, in my book it's the same. But it, the reaction wouldn't be the same globally and so quickly. There's not as many. Uh, he doesn't span the younger generation the same way. There's not a lot of you know, kids that are like, oh, my gosh, Tim Duncan, he was the greatest, even though he was one of the greatest. Right. Um, but there's just something about the Lakers, for one. You know, it's like playing for the Yankees, too. I mean, there's just thing or playing for Duke or whatever. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's the aura there of those kind of things, uh, those kind of teams. Um, but, like... I'm still stunned at just how many people fully grasped Kobe as a player and a person. I know he's done a lot of things. I mean, we know Kobe better than we know a lot of people, athletes. I mean, he went through that rape trial that he was, that ended up getting dropped. So he was, it was consensual. He was innocent of. Any, any wrongdoing in that sense, but he still cheated on his wife, which was a big deal at the time. But he really, like, transformed from that moment. And that is amazing to see somebody do that that's in the limelight so much. To be able to do that, pick up the pieces from a mistake, you know, turn, turn everything around. And um, he does so much. He did so much in the community. There's just everything. I mean, the Zealand East had their student, the Coop, who's a uh, shout out to the Coop for being nominated as a semifinalist or finalist for the best student section by the MHSAA. Uh, they did a purple and yellow 
That's uh, awesome. the first game after, and they were wearing people were in Kobe shirts. I saw at a hope at the Hope game yesterday. I saw um, there was a kid that had to be younger than my oldest. So I mean, the kid had to be seven, eight years old. Kobe shirt, and I'm like, this kid never saw Kobe play, right? Uh, but maybe you know what I mean when he was five, you know, or something like that. But it's not the same. But it is. That's what happens. I mean, Michael Jordan still has that reach. There's still kids that are like, "Ooh, Michael Jordan," you know, like, yeah. It is there. I mean, I'm trying to think of other levels. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The weirdness of the situation makes it more. Uh, grabbing a t- uh, news grab you know what i mean like it's not just like you know he died of old age or you know something like right. that um but i'm trying to think of like young athletes that that happened to now i mean who's in that stratosphere it would be like jeter mm-hmm. uh maybe Shaq. Yeah. he's a little bit older but still you know like i mean there's not that many like steph curry maybe now lebron obviously yeah um yeah. Th- but there's not that's not a lot of people, and I knew that Kobe was in that group when he played, but it's it, it's. I mean, the circumstances don't make this cool, but it's cool to see him still regarded that way, mm-hmm. um, even well after his his career. And it's just, it's just such. It's I mean, like there's so many things you just. Mm-hmm. It's just so odd in so many ways, and it's so it's so sad in so many ways. It's yeah. just it's really you don't want to see. I mean, you want. You don't want to see that for for anybody, let alone somebody who is so iconic. Yeah. Um, it just it affects so many people. And then, of course, his you know his wife is left behind now with losing Kobe, the husband, but also a daughter. And you know, and then uh, you know having to be there and explain that to the other children. You know, like what is the you know like this? It's just so. There's so many things that make me like I like I've tried to avoid like I spent one day where I just I didn't want to like Sunday was all about finding out what the heck was going on. Monday I was like I don't like I tried to like avoid it as much as I could because it was just so sad. Yeah. Um it's just it's amazing though that the the impact and the I- iconicness uh of Kobe everyone was talking about him. Everything happened. Uh coach Mitchell after the post game yesterday was talking about how um, you know, Preston Granger, he got a thousand career points last night and he scored twenty four. And they had a kid on their J V team that scored twenty four in twenty four minutes and twenty four seconds. So it was all twenty fours on his stat line. And things like that are coming out where, you know, it, Joel Embiid had twenty four, you know, and just and eight rebounds and you know, like and it's just all these things with his like it's it's just amazing that things you wouldn't think of you know that like little things like that to make you makes everybody still think uh think more about him and just and and especially in basketball and have that connection it's just that is that is a really cool thing it would be a lot cooler if he was alive and they were finding these kind of things but um so just just to i i mean i can't remember a sports death like this to be honest i mean like yeah i feel like I mean, there's been there's been definitely some tragedies of young athletes mm. dying, and there's been some legendary figures die of, at, when they were older, you know, and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I mean, the last person I can remember like 
Is it Roberto Clemente? No, it's, yeah, that was. I mean, there's since then Arthur Ashe. I would say yeah. too. Arthur Ashe died of AIDS that he got in mm-hmm. that transfusion. It wasn't immediate, which I think mm-hmm. changes it a little bit. We we knew Arthur Ashe was on the clock. Unfortunately, after that situation, um, when which was really heartbreaking, and then not too long after that, Magic Johnson found out he's got AIDS. Or he had HIV, mm-hmm. and he's still alive. Thank goodness. Yeah. Like. That, People thought which it was is like a amazing. death sentence back then. Right. Well, and, and that, that's also the difference between HIV and the difference between AIDS. And yeah. Arthur Ashe had AIDS. But yeah, Clemente, it's the same. This That is the... I think that is the... Um, a good comparison to it. It was also a crash. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an airplane. But, I mean, Clemente's is... A, a, a li- I mean, the only thing that makes it different is he was... Maybe makes his a little more heroic. That doesn't make it any less tragic. Was that he was taking supplies to relief mm-hmm. uh, to uh, earthquake relief yeah. victims, um, something he did not have to do himself, um, but he felt like he needed to do that. Um, equally as tragic, mm-hmm. um, and and but I mean I don't think that's something that Kobe wouldn't do either. So I think mm-hmm. I think that's a very good comparison. Uh, but that happened in like nineteen seventy three, nineteen seventy two, New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely before my time, um, yeah. but like that, I mean, that's still from there and Arthur Ashe and and Kobe. I mean, it was somebody with that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's there's not very many mm-hmm. like that at all. I mean, that, that's no. like I said, there's just as equally as tragic, but people who aren't as iconic or people who have died that are as iconic, but the way wasn't as tragic, yeah. and it just it's just an interesting situation that just. It just stinks. There's no there's no way around it. Just it stopped basketball. Like that's like the world. Like it just everyone stopped in their tracks to try to compute this something you can't compute, which makes it even harder because it's there's just always going to be that lingering thing. Um, Thurman Munson too was a baseball player in the 70s, MVP for the Yankees in 78, and then uh, like a year and a half later he was flying a small plane and died in a crash two years after winning the MVP. Uh, that's also similar i mean he wasn't reggie jackson on the yankees but he still was an mvp winner um right and it was in the middle of his career um clemente's was in the middle of his career too i think clemente was winding down he had already gotten three thousand hits he was probably going to play a year maybe a year or two more um but that's still it's just it's so yeah it's just it's there's mm, i think the saddest thing too is like you know, there's a video of Shaq with the TNT crew, you know, talking about it. And I warn you, if you watch it, it is sad. Yeah, I mean, you'll cry. Yeah, I if do. Shaq cries, yeah. you'll anyone will cry. Yeah, I mean, like he's very emotional on yeah. every end of it. He's very yeah, funny. He's very loud. He's very every. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, mm-hmm. which is something I can relate to. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm also a contact crier. If somebody's crying, I'm going to cry. Yeah, it's pretty much how uh, it any emotional movie, man. Uh, I'm out. Just, yeah, I'm not out. I mean, I'll watch it, but it's like, yeah, it's like I'm definitely. Like, I remember uh, my dad always was like, "Oh, we should watch Brian's song," and it's just like, "Yeah, dude, I'm gonna cry." <laughs> it's like, right. you, it's like, oh, you're gonna. It's like, uh, but uh, but that, but sometimes that's what people need. I mean, yeah. there's nothing. <laughs> that's another thing. There's nothing, and I'm glad that Shaq can do that openly too. There's nothing wrong. Like I feel like uh-huh. there were so many generations of male kids growing up conditioned that crying was bad uh, which is awful and it's it's caused a lot of issues for yeah on both ends of that but like yeah i mean like that's 
It's supposed to mean. I'm glad it means he means that much to Shaq, yeah. even after they had their issues. I'm, gl- you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm glad that it happened, but you know what I'm saying. Like so, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I mean, but it's crazy seeing everybody react. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. That's it, that's it. I mean, like, yeah, celebrities, people, international stars, everything. Like you know, basketball fans in like the Philippines and China and. Kobe like, was huge in China. Yeah. He was a superstar over there. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it's just really, really sad. Yeah. Um, and I think like and like Shaq touched on it, you know, Kobe was just getting started. I mean, he won an Oscar. I mean, he don't, and, you know, I was, I was watching some of his last interviews. I mean, this guy was just full steam ahead with, you know, like uh, the storytelling, you know, like they did like some books and like uh, they were, you know, he started some companies and it's like he was uh, partnered with, uh, you know, some of the, the major league soccer clubs yeah. and stuff. You know, it's like. He had all this stuff going on, and you know, just to, you know, in Shaq, one of the things he said is like, you know, knowing that, you know, they won't be able to joke around at his Hall of Fame and stuff, a Hall of right. Fame induction, dude. That's sad. It's like that's what we're missing out on, is like, you know, as as fans, is like, you know, we'll never get to see that stuff, and you know, and obviously, you know, Kobe will never get to experience it, and it's so horrible, man. It's just right every time I. I turned on. I have an old NBA basketball game from like 2014, and like I I put it in last night. Man, it made me sad. Right? <laughs> like I I can't play this man. Right. It's like oh, it's just every time you know right. you try to think like well, you know what you know what good thing is going to come out of this? What what's going to change or nothing? I mean, it's just sad. It's just right. there's no no good goodness going to come out of this. It's just bad. It's right. just not good. And the, the Hall of Fame thing is an interesting thing, too, because he's eligible this year. His first time, he's obviously going to make it. I mean, Easily. there's not too many people we would say that for. I mean, honestly, interesting that this was Jeter's year, too. They both, those the two icons of sport are going in to their Halls of Fame the same year. Um, but that same thing happened to Clemente. They actually waived the five-year waiting period when Clemente died. He still had to get voted in. He mm-hmm. easily did. Yeah. Um, but they didn't just say you're in, uh, but they waived the the five years because uh, it was such an int- uh, interesting situation. Um, we got, I mean, Roy Halladay, similar thing. I mean, yeah. he he just had his uh, was last year, last year, two years ago, yeah. And his wife, you know, had to give his because he was same thing, plane crash, small plane crash. Um, so it's just it's heartbreaking to watch. I mean, you think. Uh, I mean, he wasn't. He's still first ballot Hall of Famer. But he wasn't as iconic as Kobe was. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but like those moments are supposed to be all happy. Yeah, and that's that's really a shame. Um, yeah. So um, let's get to some happy moments. Yeah. We're getting down in here. This, I mean, and it, as well we should. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's one, one more thing about yeah. Kobe. Let's like, I, please I just, as random memory, man. I was in high school. It was late at night in the summer. Uh, I think the Lakers were playing the Heat. It's like on NBA TV or something, and I just turned it on. And I'll never forget, it was just this boring night. Turned that game on, and Kobe hit this insane buzzer beater to win it. And I was like, whoa, you know, I was like, whoa. It's just like, holy cow. I got all of a sudden got really invested in the game. And, like, you know, man, it's like he was just a really amazing player. And, like, you know, he just, you know, I'm so fortunate. You know, just growing up, you know, as a kid, you know, when you're a kid and you're watching sports, it's different. You know, it's just this, you know, very, very special thing. And, like, it's very fortunate to have watched him, you know, win the, win the championship, you know. And, 
it's like, you know, it's our responsibility, I think, too, is just to tell people, like, you know, it's like, what, this is why he was, you know, the Black Mamba, man. Like, uh, I think that's really important, man. He, he was awesome. He was a really awesome guy. So Yeah, and it was, yeah. I mean, honestly, one of my best memories of Kobe is him losing to the Pistons in the finals. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that shows you how good they were. They'd won three in a row, you know, and the Pistons kind of spoiled it. And that's, or maybe they won two in a row at that point. I can't remember. But, uh, Watching the scrappy Pistons try to defend Kobe and Shaq was art. It was, yeah. and that it, it only happened happened the one year. It was perfect for the, that series. Yeah, um, but it was it was something else. And just, I mean, think about Kobe's finale. You know, when he dropped what did he drop? Sixty, even sixty. Now I know that you know. It was a meaningless, otherwise meaningless game. So yeah. he definitely shot more than he would have, you know, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, that's still an easy forty. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, he still. I mean, I watched the highlights from that game, he, and you still got to make those shots. shots. Yeah, you still got to make yeah. those shots. And they were. I mean, there's some where it was like, okay, was that really defense? But there were a lot where it was like, you know, that was, that was a pretty yeah, tough shot for you know? sure. Yeah. So, um, and there's a quick note about that. Uh, there's this thing on Twitter going around. Mike Tirico talking about. Uh, that 60th point, so it was a free throw. Uh, the last, you know, 59 and 60, and Gordon Hayward takes, or you know, the ref didn't call it, but he kind of looked at the ref. He went to, he put his foot intentionally in the lane so that if Kobe missed number 60, he'd have another shot at it. And I thought that was pretty class by him in that game. Really, really small little detail that was pretty cool. I thought. So, right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, all right. So. Uh, th- that has overshadowed everything this week, really. Yeah. I mean, we had Saturday, Friday, we had the Never Forgotten Games, which is another one that has some sad, you know, connotation to it. The Sagatuck Fenville rivalry games, Fenville's Never Forgotten game in honor of West Leonard. They raised many money for the West Leonard Hart team. They raised, uh, they donated twelve defibrillators to different schools in Michigan um, on Friday, which was great. Um, we're to the point. I mean, I remember this. I mean, I know you because you're from the area. You remember the West Leonard, oh, yeah. uh, his death in 2010 um, after hitting that game-winning shot. Uh, there's only a couple players on the team left that ever saw him. Now we're to that point already. It's been mm-hmm. it was the ninth never forgotten game, which means it's the tenth anniversary of his death coming up here this in the next month or so. It's crazy. Uh, it's unbelievable that it's been that long. It's unbelievable, but in a good way. Unbelievable, never in a good way. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. the impact that the West Leonard Hart team has had for a decade now is unbelievable. Oh yeah, and that is uh, that is something that they should be very proud of. Uh, it honors Wes's memory better than anything else could. It's helping other people. They had people there giving their stories of how. AEDs at their schools saved their kids' life. They had a kid, you know, kids there talking about how they almost died, uh, but because this was there and because the awareness was there, and that to me, that's what it's all about. Um, and uh, the Fenville boys won that game. The Sagatuck girls won their rivalry game, uh, but it was just there's nothing quite like that atmosphere anyway. That's the best small town rivalry I would say in the state. You feel like you're watching Hoosiers. You're back in the old Fenville gym. Yeah. You know, it's it's just it's just really uh it's really powerful it's really powerful so um 
there's not anything quite like it. And again, it's a game you never wish would have to be like that anyway. Yeah. Um, but they're picking up the pieces of you know what happened and doing the best they can with it. And I think that's very honorable and uh, has always been such a big part of the community. Um, Saturday, Coach uh, Hope Coach Brian Morehouse got his 600th career win, and not only did he get his 600th career win, he became the fastest coach ever to 600 wins and ever in Division Three, ever in women's basketball, ever in any division, any gender. That's insane. Yeah. We're talking faster than Coach K. We're talking faster than Dean Smith. We're talking faster than Gino at UConn, Pat Summit, you name it. Uh Unbelievable. I mean, I know it's not quite. You can't equate it quite the same. You know what I mean? It's like if Coach K or whatever. But at the same time, D three power and the dynasty he's 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 built here, and the fact that they're in the tournament just about every year. Every year you think they got to like every every year I go. Well, I think they are at least an elite eight team. You know, like that's that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to be the fastest, I mean, like that shows you how much. They're prepared every game because they don't lose many games that – I mean, if you look back over you know, his, his tenure, especially the last, the last 10 years, there's very few games that they've lost that aren't in the tournament or against Calvin or, not, or try and became kind of the new Calvin the last few years. I mean, that's, they're prepared and they take care of business um, even if they're not playing well. So uh, – as shown by the the Albion series this year, they won on a buzzer beater at home, barely got through a very tough Albion team. They went to Albion, which is the hardest place to play in the MIAA, and they crushed them yeah. uh, yesterday. So it's incredible. So now he's got 601 wins. Right. Uh, but yeah. uh, just, I mean, Bo, I know, I mean, I, obviously you've you've been very closely around him for like a half a season. Yeah. But yeah. like, I mean, when, when you knew that was... That was coming. Just, I mean, what were your first impressions? Well, to be honest, it didn't really surprise me. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Um, we, re- we ran into each other at a Fenville girls basketball game, sat next to him. And just, I can see why. You know, it's like, you know, here he is on a, it was probably like a Tuesday night or Friday night. Whatever. No, it was a Friday night, actually, yeah. And, you know, there he was just sitting in the stands, you know, scouting a player. You know, it's like uh, just really down to earth guy, you know, really approachable guy. Um, you know, and one thing that I always come away with is that his players love him. I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. love him. Uh, every press conference, you know, after every game, that just is very clear that like, you know, they're tight and they're a unit. It's like, um, you know, they're in that, they're in this together. You know, it's like um, when you have somebody like that, you know, it's where you, you know, you want to show up and really, you know, because you respect them. You know, that's when you have success, and I can just see, I can see why I respect them, and I've only known him for, like you said, a half a season, so. Um, you know, it actually doesn't surprise me in the least bit uh, that he got that accolade because I can see it. It's just it, it emanates every day. If you just go watch him, uh, it's just it's clear instantly. Yeah, and what he is, what you see is what you get. I yeah. mean, he ta- the way he talks in the press conferences about his players and to his players is how he talks to them. The respect he shows for them, the respect he shows for the opponents, the other coaches, the media, everything. It's there. He it's one hundred percent genuine and. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be covering them when I I saw win four hundred and win five hundred, um, and you know some of their you know trips to the final four. It's he cares. He just cares that much. Now 
he, they also have they, you know they win based on their defense and the scheme works no matter what it's not like oh this doesn't work because you know some football schemes work for some or whatever like that right. defense works for everybody uh and everyone buys in you know what you're getting but then they're yeah it's it's amazing and how many people you know have played from that are coaches i mean you think about it now um britney berry well, Brittany Berry Zanstra now yeah, um, for uh, Olivet's coach for the 600th win was a former Hope player. She's Hope's all-time leading three-point shooter. That's crazy. And she, you know, she was um, she played for him. She was a co- uh, assistant coach for him after she graduated. And um, you know, then you got uh, more even more recently, Jacqueline Schwark is Hamilton's uh, new varsity coach this year. He was on. She was on. Uh, you know, some powerhouse hope teams, and they just. There's been plenty of others that are coaching around the area too. They just have nothing but extremely reverent things to say about Morehouse and how much he impacted them. Not as necessarily just even as a player, as a human being, and that's astonishing. And that's how you build something like this, because anybody can be good, and that'll get you some recruits. That'll get you whatever. But if you're not, if you don't, I mean, that's the difference between having a good program and a great program mm-hmm. is the investment he's got in all of the players. And they all see it. That's what draws them here. It's, it's, it's really incredible. It's yeah. incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to be the fastest at 700. Right. Um, just the way things are going. I mean, it's just, it's really incredible. So uh, congratulations, Mo. Um, just really, really great accomplishment. And just all the things fitting. It happened something that kind of milestone where he's the fastest ever to do it happens to be in one of the years finally freshman year for his daughter meg who's playing now uh and you know his his dad was an assistant coach his dad was there every you know there's former players coaches i mean everybody you know um that's the kind of impact he has and that's i mean they he said they showed a video uh, assistant coach courtney cust who also used to play for him showed a video where like coaches from around the country other d3 coaches around the country were giving him messages players former players all this kind of stuff and that got him really choked up that's it that's what it's about is when you have that respect and investment and caring for the players and just for the for the game that's what happens and that's what makes it so impactful i mean like if if somebody who was a jerk was the fastest to 600 wins it wouldn't have that kind of impact because it would just be a stat it is not just a stat this is a marker of how the, he has impacted the game, and that's right. really awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've had some other – I mean, this week has been really, really crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, Zeeland East boys basketball beat Holland Christian for the first time in a few years. It was one of the better games. It was, you know, tied several times in the fourth quarter and put away by free throws by the Chicks, but uh, – incredible game the okay green is like that it's just going to be crazy um and we've you know there'll be some other you know big games coming uh coming up we got uh holland christian versus hamilton this week which is a huge rivalry it'll be the marquee women's uh girls game of the year um which is awesome but everybody's everybody's in it everybody's even everybody's not i mean somewhat even enough even you know like the the top to bottom is smaller in the OK Green than it ever has. Um, West Ottawa just lost a tough one, a close one to Hudsonville. They're still there, you know, but they're still a, a huge factor. They're still a great team. Um, 
yeah, Fenville has been ranked. Calvary has been ranked. We've got all these things going on here. It's just going to be interesting to see how this develops each week. There's something huge. There's some huge matchup, uh, which is really, really awesome to see. Um, but yeah, we got um, big, big swimmers happening, swimming things happening too. Uh, we'll, we'll have more on that when we get closer to, you know, as we approach the conference championship uh, meets for, for uh, the high school conferences. Plus we've got college stuff. Um, but yeah, we will definitely be all over some of the other sports wrestling conference starts next week. We'll get into that too. So I'll be on the lookout for that stuff in the Sentinel and, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's a, it's a brave new world here. We've got milestones happening. Great games, legends lost dusty Baker's back managing. Oh, Oh, and something we should talk about. Oh my gosh. We did not talk about this yet. This, we got to talk about this grand Valley state football coordinator (laughs) issue. Okay, so Berger, yeah. he's there. He, he was. They just got hired a few, like a couple weeks ago, uh, and then he was interviewed by the Lanthorn, uh, former em- former employer of Bo Troutman. That's right. Um, and they asked him, you know, if he could meet a historical figure, who would it be? And he said Hitler. And then not only did he say <sighs> Hitler, because like before we get into it, I, I mean, I. If you were going to say Hitler, because I want to know how anyone could follow him, or I would want to know how, what in the heck was wrong with this guy, or what, you know, like there's, there's a certain amount of like educational aspect to it. I still would never say that. Oh my goodness. Mm. But that's not what he said. That's not even, that's like the smallest speck of any chance of hanging on to something mm-hmm. from this. You can go. And yeah. he started by saying, this is probably not going to sound good. Yeah. Well, when you're a public that, figure, that's the cue to stop. There was someone on Twitter that was like, that's where he should have ejected. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so he said Hitler, and then he not only said it, he talked about how Hitler, he, he did say that, you know, that Hitler was obviously bad or whatever, but he still talked to him, about him almost reverently as a leader. Second to none leader, didn't he say that? Second, yeah, second to none to leadership. None. <laughs> His leadership was second to none. He got people to follow him. Yeah. He was a. You can't deny he was a great leader. Well, obviously, great leaders can get anyone can get anybody to fall in line at gunpoint. Exactly. That that's not what a yeah. leader is. Obviously, um, so the, the he resigned today. By the way, that's he was yeah. suspended. At first, by the administration, as they kind of looked into this, it's just such a weird situation. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's so off the wall. This is not. This is not an answer given in the heat of moment after a big loss. This is not something that could be taken out of context. This is something he calmly offered on his own. Yeah, which is so strange. I don't want somebody with that kind of judgment. Working on my staff, I'll tell you that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just it be, that's beyond me. And then to have not just the ju- there's double of this. The judgment to think that Hitler's a good leader mm-hmm. is off the wall already. Yeah. But then the judgment to know it's going to sound bad, but still say it. Mm-hmm. That's a double. That's a double jeopardy right. judgment. Unbelievable. I mean, Bo, what do you got? So my mom and I were talking about this. My mom's a professor at Grand Valley. She saw the news trucks and stuff pulling in. Um, and she was trying to defend him in some ways. And here's what I here's what I said. It's like, look, yes, there is an academic interest in Hitler as an orator, as someone who could, you know, please a crowd and get people, you know, yeah. 
There's totally. a fascination for what, yeah. how he, he got this exactly. to that point yeah. where people were actually following. Right. In yeah. college, we studied a speech that he that he did just just because you know it's like yeah, how did this evil guy get these normal people? Yeah, it's but the problem with Morris Berger is it's like okay, that you don't talk about how great he is. You don't put it in print in your first week on the job, right? Um, you know, you don't you don't want to have dinner with somebody like that, or you want to study them and like you know put them in like a cage and right. be like, okay, that's that's know, not yeah. A, yeah, that's not a knee jerk answer. Yeah. That's the prepared answer in yeah. his brain for when anyone asks him. Yeah, that that's off the wall to yeah. me. Yeah, it's so weird. Uh, plus, there are so many great leader, actual great leaders to choose from. Uh, Hitler, he's not a great leader, he's a great dictator. You know? Right. Yeah, it's Any like, dictator would be on that list then if they're just yeah. getting everyone to do what they say. That's not what makes you a great leader. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just, it's mind-boggling. I mean, yeah, maybe he was trying to come off as like, you know, he even said it actually. He posted it uh, an hour ago on Twitter, um, like this open letter, and it was it was actually kind of sounding like he wanted to like kind of move, move forward from it, but now, you know, he's resigned. But, uh, that he he called it like out outside the box, and it's like that's still that's why, you haven't established your box. Yeah. So to us, that's your box. Right. You're new. Yeah. You know, and that's oh man. I mean, there's just so many. Yeah. Like he could have. There was a way to say it. It's like, look, I don't want to have dinner with the guy. Okay. Uh, I want to see what made him. You know, what made Hitler tick. Why did these people follow this guy? This how did horrible... he get? And he how did he get so much yeah. military support? Yeah. with no one just popping him right. one. Really, to be honest, not not you know you know he was bad, but you know he was really great. You know, it's like he yeah. kept contradicting. It's like right. obviously bad, but you know second to none. It's just like he kept. It's like, and you just can't. At the end of the day, print is print when you're when your name is in print, and it just changes it. Your first interview. Yeah, if you're offhand, you know. You know, at the the water cooler, you know, you, you know, you might get a couple weird looks, but you know, once it's in print on campus, yeah, you're just that's nailing the it's coffin. It's so, man. oh yeah. my gosh, it's so bad. Oh. I mean, when you, the more I think about it, they're just, I mean, those two judge, just the two judgments, like I said, it's enough that I wouldn't want him on my staff. But just when you think about the other stuff said, it gets worse and worse the more I think about it, like. Mm-hmm. Really? really? Like, do you, I mean, like, if, uh, like, he what's said, your next answer, Satan? I mean, like, yeah. where are you going with this? Yeah. Like, the, like, what, just to know the difference, too, between a dictator, what a di- how a dictator leads, mm-hmm. there's so many fundamental, like, educational things just mis- misinterpreted or that, that he didn't understand, mm-hmm. or that he did understand and didn't really get, I mean, like... Mm. Yeah, any dictator that uses force to get people to do what they do could be considered a great leader because he gets result. They get the results they're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get that at all, at all. And just it's so. I like look. I mean, like speechless. How? When am I speechless? Yeah. I don't even know what to say to this. Like, yeah. it's it's one of the weirdest things I've ever heard from a first interview. And just in general, like in this day and age, too, we haven't even talked about that. People get fired and put their foot in their mouth and get in trouble for saying all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You're a public employee at a public university. 
newly hired, come on. Like, yeah. even if you think it, there's a difference between thinking it and saying it exactly. on the record. Exactly. Too. Like, I mean, oh, not that there's anything right about what he said at all. Uh-huh. It's it's just so astonishing mm-hmm. that you that he would put his willingly but unknowingly at the same time put his career in jeopardy yeah who's hiring this hitler guy now yeah right i mean like he just resigned people are gonna well just avoid that you know sideshow and go with somebody else yeah and i think the cherry on top of it all is like wasn't the article published on like holocaust remembrance day or something like that oh lord i don't i don't yeah i'm pretty sure remember that but that's uh, of course, like of course. not that if there's a good day to post something like that, but that's definitely a bad day. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it just a, it's just a mess. Like it's just a mess, and yeah. So Kobe, Coach Mo, the never forgotten game. Preston Granger got a thousand career points for the Met Hope men's team. By the way, last night, an epic high school game. And this Grand Valley situation. That's one week. Oh, and Dusty Baker's back (laughs) managing the Astros, which in a different context could be a whole podcast, to be honest. But it's just so down on the list of all the crazy things going on. We've had, I mean, this has been every late, like, right? I mean, we're Mm -hmm. so high with the milestones, so low with the tragedies, Mm -hmm. so off the wall with some of the stuff, so at the edge of our seats with some of these games. Like, this was one of the crazier weeks in sports that i can remember and it's super bowl week by the way we didn't even oh, talk yeah. about that yeah. i mean that's that's how for, we're 40 minutes into a podcast a couple of days before the super bowl and we haven't even talked about that probably because we both think the chiefs are going to win yes but like all of this that has taken more, multiple back seats to everything else going on and uh it's it's just crazy i think I think that's just crazy. So, right, Chiefs. I mean, oh, yeah. that's Mahomes I mean, all the way. I yeah. just, I just not. Yeah, we. T- I mean, I guess we talked about it last week. We just see. I just don't see him not able to rise in this. Yeah. To this moment, he's I Superman. Mean, I'm convinced. Right. I mean, yeah. And, and they were talking about this on ESPN today. I mean, like he, last year as a rookie, he had the greatest offensive season of any player ever. If he w- delivers a Super Bowl, and if he does, he'll probably win the Super Bowl MVP. Where do you go from there after two years in the league? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Just that's... Keep, keep adding rings, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And he was drafted by the Detroit yeah. Tigers of the Major League Baseball. Oh, I think he made yeah. the right choice. I would think so, too. Yeah. I think he made the right choice. And there we go. That was our one little dig and uh, moment of also... to Talking about how we're not talking about Detroit sports on this podcast because it's so bad right now. Um, I hope you're enjoying watching the opponents if you're watching Detroit teams. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, just just a crazy week in sports. So um, let's hope the Super Bowl and everything else goes off without a hitch and any more tragedies are avoided. And uh, you know we get back to a great week of sports that's just great for the sports greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's 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 heavy. I mean, it's hard to enjoy. I mean, any of the sports with this going on, and whew, and we'll find out who the Grand Valley is going to hire as their new yeah, coordinator. No doubt. Uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on that. Requirements. As well. and don't have any 
awful opinion. <laughs> right? Or even yeah. so, just don't yeah. talk about football only. Yeah. On yeah. your first interview. No history it, majors allowed. Wait to your second interview to say anything yeah. Yeah. that's not about football. I don't know. Just just a weird situation. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Um, we'll get out and watch some sports. This week we got Holland Christian Hamilton basketball this weekend on Friday. Um, the Hope women are uh, home and have their alumni game on Saturday. That's always fun to see players like Kerry Snickers come back and play. And then next week is Hope Calvin Men on the Saturday. So all that stuff, lots of things to go watch. So uh, we will keep you posted on other things. Uh, But, uh, yeah, get out and watch some positive sports and uh, embrace. I mean, like, that's another thing, a quote for Kobe. I mean, like, it shows how important sports are Mm -hmm. and how uh, community and bringing together they are. I mean, anybody that says, you know, sports are just – you know, worthless or just, you know, exercise or just, you know, a waste. It's they're they're wrong. This yeah. is this is exactly why uh, sports are so powerful because they give us people like that, and then in situations they bring us together. Um, and I think that's pretty amazing. So yeah. that'll be our final thought for this week. Well, uh, as as my thirteen year old sister said. Uh, or not 13, 17-year-old sister, rather. Well, yeah, we heard uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> who has no interest in sports, really. Uh, she said she'll never shoot a paper wad into a trash can the same way again. It's like, seriously, she, you know, she knows. I mean, it that's really incredible. is. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. That's, that's the impact. That's the impact. That's the impact. So, all right. Well, have a good week, everybody. And we will be back to discuss all things sports next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.